Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right, what is going on, people? You know that sound, the unfiltered band. It means another episode of Unfiltered coming at you right here and now, episode 63. The Tuesday Buffet, you could jump on board the Unfiltered Revolution at Casey Stern. If you're in Twitter or on Twitter, get on the uh, train there and jump in the bio and get into the YouTube channel. Like and subscribe and watch the videos and check out all of the past episodes and other shenanigans as well there. Get your merch at Believe at the shop and uh, jump on board this revolution about much more than sports. Thank you, Unfiltered Band. Got a lot to get to today and a busy week still ahead. Again, reminder, David Aldridge, NBA season preview tomorrow. My buddy Buck Martinez, good to see and hear him uh, healthy and happy uh, the way he belongs and uh, part of this game where he is so entrenched. He'll join me on Thursday, Jason Stark on Friday. Stark contrast from some of the other episodes that are kind of you know honed in on, on certain things. So a little bit buffet style here, but I'll give you a rundown at the forefront of what to expect here on the show, at least what I plan on getting into today. I want to talk about the idiocy of booing. I want to talk about the idiocy of Nathaniel Hackett. Then we'll get to some good stuff. 697 for Albert, seven straight for Mike Trout. Talk about Bo. And we don't mean Bo Jackson and Bo knows, but the Bo up north in Toronto and Bichette and the Jays and how dangerous they are. The clinch of a playoff spot pending here for the division, probably tonight for the Dodgers. And even going to give you some Cobra Kai, no spoilers, but some uh, season five uh, review after binging that last night and putting it the whole way uh, through. So a lot to get to here on the show. Again, jump on the Unfiltered Revolution. Let's get going and let's start with booing. Almost every year now, seemingly in social media, it's a cesspool. All right, it's part of the business, but it is accessible, especially Twitter. Been that way for years, all right? I think it's made everything worse. I think it's made people angrier. It's given people more of a vehicle to reach out and touch their athletes and not necessarily in the best way. I'm a fan at heart. I am a sports fan first, just like you. But I can't imagine being in a situation last night in Seattle and not at the beginning of the night giving the due to Russell Wilson for what he did for your franchise. Which would have been even more if not for, speaking of idiocy and coaching, Daryl Bevel and Pete Carroll allowing after Marshawn Lynch was averaging seven yards a carry in a Super Bowl for him to not get the ball and eventually turn into Malcolm Butler in the interception and go the other way. Otherwise, it would have been more even legendary than it was, and it was legendary what Russell Wilson did for that franchise. I have seen this in my 20 years doing this. How many times people don't understand and think because you're a, a fan that and you're playing at different money levels, we all are, than some of these athletes that the decisions are, are different. No, they're on a bigger platform, but they're not different. We all make decisions for whether it's families or for ourselves and desires of where we want to live or whatever the case may be in terms of in our employment life. Russell Wilson gave everything he had to be in a Seattle Seahawk at all times. I don't think anybody ever questioned that or should. 
not a traitor. He didn't do anything to you. The idea of booing him last night the whole time is asinine. You give the guy the respect that he's due, and then you boo him after. I mean, it is a, it is a damn joke. It is a joke, honestly. You should be embarrassed with yourselves. It was embarrassing to watch. It's stupidity. And then you get fans who say, and I've had this over the years, well, I can do whatever I want and pay a ticket. You know what? Yeah, you could do whatever you want. You could be a complete asshole because you pay a ticket to be in an arena or a stadium. Yeah, you can. Doesn't mean you have to. Doesn't mean you should. Booing Russell Wilson last night was moronic the whole time. <clears throat> you do it after and recognize after. At the beginning, you recognize and respect before. It's what we always wait too long to do. It's why Albert Pujols, who we'll get into later, it's like people in St. Louis who Maddie took 50 extra million dollars. I talked about it a million times. It's like, really? Why? You wouldn't do it? Not a traitor. Now, if a guy leaves a team, goes to a rival and says, that city sucked and this one's awesome, then yeah, you go boo the hell out of the guy. I'm fine with that. But grow up. Sitting there and I'm watching a Met game yesterday where Chris Bassett, who, by the way, and what a leader this dude is, after the game, still doing everything you want, putting it all on him. We lost today because of me. He had one clunker. He's been great all year. He's been their best pitcher, really, consistency-wise. I mean, he's been what Marte's been in the lineup. He's been in the rotation. He's the same guy every five days. Been brilliant since the break. Numbers great all season. They're probably going to pay him and try and extend him as long as they can and keep him a part of this thing. There's a reason Max loves him. There's a reason he's been that dude. And you got Met fans booing him off the field? You're a bunch of morons. Grow up. Asinine. I've seen many examples of this over the years. And I've seen examples of the way it should be. I remember when I was covering the Red Sox and Johnny Damon went to the Yankees. And I remember being there and his first at-bat they recognize most of the fans recognize what he had done. Johnny been their homeboy, right? And all the t-shirts. I remember I had one uh, uh, that uh, somebody gave me hits like uh, Jesus throws like Mary. I mean, there were all kinds of stuff. John and Johnny Damon with the beard. I mean, he was right. It was their dude in Boston. You give him his due and then you boo the, boo the hell out of him. Excuse me. But you got a situation I've mentioned plenty of times on the air over the years. A couple of years ago, you got Kenley Jansen. <clears throat> After the COVID situation, fans out in the ballpark, the first time back in there with the Dodgers since they won a World Series, fans get a chance. This guy's done everything for you. Done everything. He's been through heart issues, stuff off the field, giving you everything he had. He's a terrific dude. Was in the community. Was for you. The I love LA. All that, right? California love. All that. And the guy walked one dude. They booed the hell out of him in his first start. You're morons, too. Being a fan means being passionate, being crazy, getting wild. It doesn't mean being a giant jackass. Let's get to hack it. Usually it takes longer than one game for a new coach or a manager for you to find out as a fan or learn as one of those players whether or not they can hack it. That was as bad a coaching performance as I've ever seen on Monday Night Football in my life watching Monday Night Football. Ever. I tried to think about as I was coming in today, coming in, you know, walking into the room, but, you know, coming into this, 
as I was coming in in traffic in the hallway, I tried to think about, like, what are other comps of this? Where have we seen this before? I thought of Gabe Kapler with his situation early where he, he had had mistakes in his first couple of games on the, road, on the road. Speaking of getting booed, he got booed. Remember in the home opener when he was with the Phillies? I mean, you just knew that thing was over, had lost the respect. We talk about losing the room. Losing the room means losing the trust, losing the respect. Those guys don't think you know what you're doing. If they don't think you know what you're doing, you got a problem. If a kid is sitting there in a classroom and the teacher is sitting there and he says, you know, America was discovered in 1985 by Marty McFly, you got a freaking problem if he's not joking. The respect and trust from the parents and from those children, gone. I ain't learned anything from that dude. Everything Brian Dable did is everything that Hackett didn't. You want to talk about culture? I mean, what was he, a 12-year-old playing Madden? It reminded me, I remember a time in, in college, and don't do this at home. I remember a time in college where we were sitting and we were doing a pre-drink before we went out for the night, and we never made it out. This is a true story. It, when I was in Boston at BU, and the idea was we are going to play games of Madden, and we were doing, I think it was like shots or something like that, like we were playing, like whoever led at the end of a quarter, I, I honestly don't remember what it was. I do remember it was gross, like that absolute, like, like um, the one that's like the, the cinnamon, like the big red. It, back in the day, they used to have all the different flavors. It was disgusting. Gross. It was worse. It made like Goldschlager, like, feel like memories of that fantastic or Jaeger. It was disgusting. But I remember that, and I remember failing miserably. I was like, okay, this is not like, you know, like drunk man, not my thing. I'm not even that good at it when I'm sober. But that is what it reminded me of. It was like Nathaniel Hackett, like, forgot what time it was in the quarter. Like, forgot what was going on in the game. It was like, oh, shoot, I clicked X to hit field goal by accident. How in the hell could you have Russell Wilson pay him all that money, be in a spot where he got everything on the line, he's against Seattle, they booed the hell out of him. You know he wants that moment. That's your dude. You put the franchise in his hands, and then you want to kick a field goal at 64 yards, and you want to kick it at 40 yards. I get it. You want to tell me it's 50 yards. I get it. 64 yards. All-time kick held forever at 63. No problem. We'll just make some history right now. When we could have actually, I don't know, taken a freaking timeout. Like, what the hell were you doing? Saving him for next week? What a disgrace that was. What a disaster. That dude, he can't coach one game. Get him the hell out of there. I always hate like when coaches like into a season, remember Mike Brown, right in LA, or like some of these guys, like, you know, why don't you fire a guy before the year? If you got him like two, three games into a season and he's getting fired. This is a new coach. You know what? He should be an old one now. Goodbye. Where's Sean Payton? Can we get him on the line? I mean, what a, what a disgrace that was. I mean, terrible. Guy look came up like a complete idiot, and then you know, look, I give Russell Wilson credit, and it's like they're booing him. This is how Russell's been his whole career. You get, he said the right things, did the right things, did the right things, and defended. Now that coach better loved the shit out of him forever, but he did the right things and said it was the right move. I believe in our coach. He don't believe that. He on the phone with his friends and a text thread saying, "What in the hell was that?" And they're like, "That seemed like drunk Madden." And he's like, "Yep," but he said the right things. Because he had to. <clears throat> That's why he's the face of a franchise kind of a guy.
But he don't believe that. I mean, we just found out Nathaniel can't hack it. What a jackass. Are you kidding me? How could you do that? You got nine-year-olds that are playing Madden. They're sitting there, like, if they're up that late, watching the game, being like, hey, Dad, really? How are all these coaches over the years? Like, like Andy Reid's one that comes to mind immediately. But, like, it's how these coaches have no idea how to tell time. I really don't understand. Like, they should practice time management on Madden. No joke. And I got to give love to Gino. Love the comment. They tried to write me off. But I ain't writing back. Uh, Gino, I feel you, bro. I love that. I feel you. I feel that. I, I know that. I know that feeling. Good for you. Good for you. Let's get to some baseball. 697 for Albert Pools. Now three away. Albert Pools is not going to play another year. Now people like want another year. They're chanting like at the end of a WWE, uh, you know, formerly WWF career, like, you know, uh, you know, one more uh, match. No, we're not getting another match. But I want to see 700. Everywhere. I don't care if they throw him a cookie at some point. Now, don't do the Favre stray hand where it's so obvious. But, my God, give him something. Let's get, let's get something. You know? I want 700. He going to do it on his own. But I want that. Past A-Rod, which is great. You look where he is in that list. It's, like, surreal. It's, like, my God. Bonds, Ruth, Aaron. I mean, what? Like, Albert Pujols? Yeah, he that dude. He that dude. The same guy people were shitting on two years ago saying, all right, it's all, he's the worst player in the game. Really? Good for him. Good for these guys. That's the stuff that gets me energized. Somebody put out there on Twitter yesterday, like songs that get you going. It's like all my songs are always of this kind of mentality. When I think about like the Gino and the pools, if different scenarios, but like that, like there's this song Fight Back by Nefix. It's like if you, if you ever like, I'm, let me tell you something. And I'm not being cool right now, probably. Is it, do you pronounce the letter? Is it N-E-F-F-E-X? I don't know if you spell it, say it. It's in caps. But that song's like, I listen to it every day. No Easy Way Out, Robert Tepper, Lose Yourself, Eminem. I was talking about these last night on, on Twitter because somebody had asked about, had some tweet about like songs that like get you revved up, but they're always that way. These, these are the songs. You know, you, know, you want to doubt me? Let's go. You put me down? You put me out, never out. Guarantee that. You're damn straight. Well, there's Geno Smith. Good for you. Albert Pools. Oh, really? My career's over? One of the uh, a million th smart decisions the Angels have made, clearly. Good for you. Rooting for that dude, for sure. Mike Trout, speaking of the Angels, seven straight now with a homer. It's amazing because Mike Trout has become... that i got so excited i knocked the mic over i used to do this all the time when i was on radio for people who listen and now it's like when you're in a podcast and you're by yourself it's like because i can't sit still like when i'm talking i get animated i gotta like lock into this like webcam like i can't do that it's not my style i used to walk around like on the radio all the time so i apologize for the seven seconds of silence mike trout is not an exciting person right but his his like success level has become so boring and then you get Otani on his team. It's like we forget he's there. Dude's got seven straight games with a homer. Are you kidding? He's as great as he ever was. And thank God the back issue hasn't become an issue.
But think about the Angels. They had Pools and Trout together, won 98 games, went home in three days, did nothing else for all those years, got no pitching, sat and screwed in the pooch. I mean, Artie Moreno, my God. And now you got Otani and Trout, and you still can't be relevant. You fired Joe Madden, who's one of the best managers in baseball. I don't care what anybody says. Joe Madden, one of the best to do it, okay? He one of the best we've seen do it. You go back to what this guy was doing with the Rays, he was the Rays and everything that they do, as much as Andrew Friedman is or was. But but my gosh, the Angels, how could you have Pools and Trout, the passing the baton of the best player of one decade to another, now Otani and Trout, and you still suck. Terrible. You know who doesn't suck? Up in Toronto, let's go Jays. And let's go to the Jays. I'm not, not rooting against them, but not rooting for them necessarily either. But Bo Bichette has been fantastic. I talked about this a couple of weeks ago that I was up on some radio station in Toronto and they were telling me, because I don't feel the pulse of it, you know, being down here in Atlanta, but they're telling me that Bo getting, you know, a lot of pressure, people getting on him because he's not succeeding at a high enough level. And if you recall, going back a few pods, I, I said he's 24 years old, man. Like Aaron Judge, people were, were getting on him after his great year, then he went down. Afterwards, because that cat and mouse I always talk about you to always talk about with you, right? Well, how about Bo now? Been one of the best hitters here underway in September, really last three, four weeks. He's been a stud in a game with three homers, a game with three doubles, another couple of hits yesterday. They got a big double header today. The Jays are, are getting it, you know, really in a, in a prime spot playing really good baseball. Manoa out today gave you a scare in that first of the doubleheader, but it seems like just a stomach bug. We'll talk more about the Jays when Buck joins me on Thursday. Of course, the voice of the Jays. But what a, what a great roster in terms of, like, a team that really has been inconsistent. You know, how do you – for teams that fans get so angry with them over the year, and they're like, I, I can't believe how bad they've been, Right. You know how good a team is when they've got this kind of record and that kind of division, even with the fans thinking it's that bad. It's because the expectations are so damn high and the roster is good enough. And when Manoa and Gosman and Romano and those guys are going, they get enough in between there in that pen. You keep healthy enough in, the, in that lineup and, and guys get hot. They're a dangerous team. I keep saying this, the Cardinals in the National League, you know, when you get outside of that AEIOU that I keep talking about this year, which is, you know, the, the whatever order, Dodgers, Braves, Mets, Astros, sometimes Yankees. You get out of that. I got Cardinals National League, Jays in the American League. The Mariners obviously are extremely dangerous. They're so young. They got pitching. Something about the Jays, though, tells me that they're gonna they're gonna be a tough out. I think Toronto's gonna be a tough out in the American League. I think it's one of these ironic stories that fans are gonna be saying all year that they underperformed, underperformed. They should have done more at the deadline and they didn't. But because the roster and the age and the growth of the young kids is coming at the right time. I think Toronto's got a chance to get to an LCS this year. How about that? Speaking of uh, LA with the Dodgers, congrats on, you know, the, the most inevitable thing ever, the clinch. And now another one coming with the division, right? Tonight, looks like. Uh, the Dodgers, to me, are they're so, their lineup is so dumb in terms of how good it is and how tough it's going to be to go through. To, to win in October, you have to have your hitters hit the best pitching. They've got the lineup that can do that. My question is going to be, are they going to get enough health and the best from their pitchers that are healthy 
Do you trust them on the back end? A lot of back end of bullpen questions. Look, Kenley who's blown three out of six or seven or whatever it is with, with Atlanta, you know, the Mets not getting to Timmy trumpets in, in sugar Diaz, <clears throat> you know, getting, you know, once you get to him, not a question seemingly, although they thought that about Familia until the world series in 2015 and learned something different. So who knows? You know, I mentioned Romano, clearly not there, but what about getting to him? The Yankees, you know, Holmes slips out in a little bit and can't really blame him. They got a lot of young kids in that mix. I'm really curious to see the Dodgers because their their lineup is, again, you just look at the top of that order and you go like you know, top four or five in that batting order and it's ridiculous. It's just stupid. MVP talent after MVP talent after MVP talent, one after another. I mean, it's ridiculous, to be honest. I think the Dodgers are dangerous, but I want to see how good their pitching is going to be and if it's healthy enough to net them guys that they trust that Doc can kind of put in there in big spots against some of these tough hitters in, in some of these lineups, like the Braves lineup, which is really, really scary and so deep. And the Braves have gotten more of their nine spot than a lot of teams have gotten in the middle of their lineup. That's how deep it is. We'll find out, but Dodgers are going to clinch. So congratulations to them. They're going to win the division. We all knew that that was going to happen, but it will uh, here. It looks like officially here in the next 24 hours. In the last 24 hours, I wanted to close here. Had an opportunity to uh, binge this season of Cobra Kai. I, I love this show. I love this show so much. I love going back in time. The 80s is my favorite decade. I've talked about it for ever on the air. I love 80s music. I love 80s hairstyles. I love 80s everything. Give me the 80s. I wish that I was born about 10 years before. I wish I could have spent my 20s in the 80s, not in the 90s. Like, I wish. It would have been amazing. Like, to me, that would have been an amazing time to, like, turn 21 in, like, 1985. Like, I would have loved that. It didn't happen, clearly. I was seven. Um, But I, I think, for me, this is such a fun show because in a world that is, you know... It, Entertainment and movies, we, we've gotten so bored that like now we just rehash and recycle a bunch of shit. Like, do I have to see another ad about Avatar? Does anyone, first of all, it's bad enough the new Avatar is coming like a million years later. Do I got to keep seeing ads on Twitter for September 23rd, Avatar back in theaters? Nobody wanted to see it after they saw it the first time when it came on video or go back in the theater when it was still in the theater. What the hell am I going to go into a theater for now? Are you kidding me? And they keep coming up with like the, uh, what is it? The line that she says, um, yeah, Zoe Saldana in the movie, what you see me or I see you. And so it's like, yeah, I see you September. No one's seeing that. Nobody. I don't even think I'll get the new one on video or on demand when it comes out. Are you kidding me? Like who the hell is going to watch that? So we recycle and retread all this bullshit, but I love Cobra Kai. It is, it is oh, it's so awesome. It is so awesome. I'm not going to give any spoilers away. I did uh, I share a quick story. So um, Sweeney Murdy, who's been a guest on this podcast before and will be again, uh, was one of, of the couple of people, except he did it. I think he called into the show or did he write me when it happened? But I gave away the finale of House on the air. It was a day later and in the afternoon. And I was like, if you're a big fan, I guess in my own mind, I was thinking if you're a big fan of this show and it was like four o'clock the next afternoon, like who the hell the show was on at eight. Like the night before, like you're either watching it then, watch it in the morning. Like, you know, if you had time, you're not listening to me. You're watching it because if you're into it, like I was, and it's a great show. Like you're watching the end and I, I 
I, I, I blew that and, and gave it out on the air. I'm not going to give any spoilers here, but having like more characters from the old movies come back was so awesome. I love the storylines of it. I know the acting is terrible. Ralph Macchio is terrible. He's a terrible actor. It's, it's fantastic, but he's terrible. Billy Zabka is actually a good actor. I think he's great. Like Billy Zabka is like the shit. He's great. But, you know, I mean, look. Yeah, Daniel LaRusso, he's not a great actor. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't. It, I don't care. Like, I love Ode to the Crane Kicks. I love Ode to the old the old people. Like, when uh, Robin Lively, is that her name? Like, Blake Lively, said, when she came back in, I was like, holy shit, is that, the, is that the girl from Karate Kid 3? Like, she's making it. Like, I love that. I love that. Because it's like, it's something that we love, and it's like part of my childhood. And it's like, you know, like, it's being brought back. But the characters are cool. It's fun. And kind of, you know, it's got like a you know, high school vibe. But, it, but a, you know, a, you know it, it makes fun of itself. What a fun show that is. I hate that. Look, I hate that it's half an hour and then like I wish it was longer, but I, I kind of understand it because it's like, you know, Seinfeld is my favorite show ever. It's like, you know, why the hell was it always half an hour? Because you beg that you wish it was longer. If it was an hour, then maybe you wouldn't feel that way. Uh, maybe it's it's kind of the same thing here. But, uh, you know, maybe I would have liked the finale that was a little bit longer, but it goes so fast. I mean, it's easy to binge because they're 30 minutes. I mean, I did it literally all in two different installments yesterday, one in the morning, one at the end of the night. I watched the whole thing last night. It was uh, it was great. I wasn't sure I was going to watch it necessarily, because um, like many shows uh, do in in my life and and other things, it doesn't bring up all good memories for me. Uh, but I, I wanted to watch it, and I'm I'm glad that I did. It was great. It was great. So definitely go check it out if uh, if you like Cobra Kai uh, season five uh, in the books. I, I'm sure there'll be a six. I think it might be the last one. I don't know where they're going after that. It's like, I love this show 24. And it's like, you know, once I got the, like they should have stopped before they got to Freddie Prince Jr. Being part of the show. Like, I don't want that. Like, let's not get to that. I don't think he's gonna be part of this show, but I think season six probably going to be uh, in, in the books. We're in the books here for this uh, Tuesday buffet on episode 63, episode 64 NBA season preview coming up tomorrow with David Aldridge, 65 Buck Martinez will be with me on Thursday. Jason Stark and uh, episode 66 coming up on Friday, maybe more in between, depending upon what happens. Enjoy the baseball, enjoy your families. Make sure to, to make time count with people. Be nice to somebody. Lift somebody up. Do something good for someone. And uh, and remember, you know, one of the great things about, like, you think about the Geno Smith thing, it's never too late to do what you're supposed to do in life. It's never too late to make it right if you did something wrong or to fix mistakes and to go forward. And I hope all of you do that today, and I'll see you next time for episode number 64. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.